for others of us, maybe we grew up in a very militant home and we, we struggle with the love side of things and being cared for. I'm just saying we all have things and baggage that we bring in. That's why we study the Word of God because our experience is going to be different from this book and this has to be the authority. And you have to understand when God gave commands, how serious he was about that. He demanded certain things of his people. And as God, that's his right. In, in, in Leviticus, for example, listen to the words of God. You may never read these passages. They may never be preached to you, depending on the, the type of church you're a part of. But if you just read through the scriptures, you would see God is serious about his word. And he wants people to tremble at his word. He says in Isaiah 66, like that's the person he looks to, is the one who has a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles at his word. In Leviticus 26, verse 14, here's how he feels about his commands. He says, if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commands, if you spurn my statutes and if your soul abhors my rules, so you will not do all my commandments but break my covenant, then I'll do this to you. I'll visit you with panic, with wasting disease and fever that consumes the eyes and makes the heart ache. And you shall sow your seed in vain. Your enemies will eat it. I'll set my face against you. You'll be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you shall rule over you. You shall flee when none pursues you. In spite of this, you still don't listen to me. Then I'll discipline you again sevenfold for your sins. Okay, this is just a couple of verses. He continues to go, and I'm just at 18. Read it all the way through. I mean, by the time he gets to 33 or or 27 even, if in spite of this you don't listen to me, then I'll walk contrary to you in fury. I myself will discipline you sevenfold for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons. You shall eat the flesh of your daughters. I'll destroy your high places. I'll cut down... This is God. He goes, you're going to disobey my commands? Man, I'll have people trample over you. I'll have wasting disease. I'll set you on fire with these fevers. You want to feel my fury? You'll end up eating your sons and daughters. Okay, that sounds to me like a God who's pretty serious about his commands. And so, look, in the church... We've gotten to a point where his commands are like suggestions. And, and with preaching, I, I started to feel like it was less and less like I'm declaring the word of God and just letting you know what God says. And then everyone trembles at that. Like That's really supposed to be the preacher's job is to tell you what God says. But what I find in our country is my job as a preacher is not just to tell you what God says, but now it's my job to kind of persuade you somehow to obey him, to convince you, give you 10 reasons why that's a good command, you know, and talk you into it. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the type of people we want to be. We want to be the type of people that tremble at God's word and go, God said that? The preacher just read from, you know, this passage. I'm going to do that. That was the picture. I love the picture. I want to close with this, with uh, King Josiah. Remember that story of King Josiah? And uh, where it says in, uh, you know, they find the book of the law. 
And so King Josiah's like, whoa, you found the book of the law? Read it to me. And in verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and go, go, inquire the Lord. Verse uh, 13, um, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. And the rest of it is all about, we got to change this, we got to change this, we got to change this. Why? Because I just heard from this book. Okay, what we're talking about when Jesus gives all of these commands of what the church ought to be, when the the epistles show us clearly what the church ought to do, these should not be things where any leader or any preacher has to now persuade you to obey these things. You should go, we neglected that. We like King Josiah. Don't tear your shirt off, but you know it's like. I got to do whatever. We got to change this. I just read this. I, I just saw. I didn't know the scripture. I didn't know this scripture. I didn't know the scripture. Now that I know it, things better change because I treat his commands, his orders as sacred. New Testament, um, starting with the beginning of the church in the book of Acts, um, God gave his instructions. God gave his commands to the church. And there were commands and instructions that were to be followed. And if, and if they were followed, it would, you would build a church according to God's design. You know? and, and, and that's what the church is supposed to be. And in Acts chapter 2, you know, we always go back to there, is because that's like the foundations. That's like the foundational pillars in the church. And as we move forward into the next season of our church, and we talk a lot about KCF uh, 2.0, um, that's what it's about. It's about becoming a church and building a church that, that really pleases God. That's the most important thing. And so what is a church that pleases God and is um, built uh, to last? Uh, you know, it starts off, you've got um, chapter chapter 2 of the book of Acts, you can uh, follow along there. But we're going to be going through some of the things, those foundational pillars. You know, it's going to sound really familiar because we've been talking about that. The first one is a church that is built, a church that pleases God is a church that is built upon the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's a really important, really, really important um, pillar. From From its birth, God made it clear that the church is going to be built on his power. It's not going to be on the ingenuity or the hard work of man. It's not what we can do. It's according to his power. And so in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where uh, the disciples and others were, were sitting And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, God wants to build His church. God is building His church. And He's going to supply the power that is necessary. And so the people, they get all filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then Peter addresses a bunch of people who are looking like, what the heck is going on there? It's kind of early to be 
to be drinking, but they look like they've had a little bit too much to drink. And he began to speak to all these people, and he preaches and he speaks in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.36. He says, you know, he goes on, he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, the one you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And God was speaking to him, and, and he was preaching, and says, you know, it's about Jesus. And what was the result of that? Verse 37. When all the people heard what Peter was saying, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, you got to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them, he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And, and as he was speaking, it was the Holy Spirit that was moving in people. And then in verse 41, we read this. Those who accepted his message, right? And he wasn't like, you know, putting on, like trying to be as, as non-offensive and uh, make it as palatable as possible and entertain the people. He just told it like it is. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about, can you imagine, they, they, what shall we do? You've got to be baptized. And so they came, we're going to be baptized then. And that day, 3,000 people, about 3,000 people were added to their number. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? These people didn't go and say, like, we, we need to go to a church service. They were out there in the street. You know, they see what's going on. Peter begins to speak. The Holy Spirit empowers him. And 3,000 of them says, you know what? We're in. We're in. And there was a song, uh, a real strong sense of sacredness and holiness of what was going on. In verse 43, we read, Everyone was filled with awe at the wonder, many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They were there, and it wasn't like, oh, this is great. It was like, whoa, whoa. This is like, whoa, kind of stuff. And they were filled with awe that God was unquestionably present, and he was there with, with, with his presence and his power, and that's a church that is being built on the power of the Holy Spirit. Second thing is a church that is devoted is believing, to believing, uh, the church that is devoted believes in the Bible and what the Bible says, yeah? It's believing the Bible and doing what it says. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And you know what? The, that word devoted, all right? A church that is built to please God is a church that is devoted. Not just, yeah, we got the Bible. It's devoted. Um, that word devoted means, literally means continually or constantly being diligent or to persevere and that the word was a really high priority, and they made every effort to get into the word and to learn. Just like what Francis Chan was talking about. It's like, whoa, this is God's word. And you know what? I often, we, I take it for granted. 
But the Bible is the actual word of God. This is God Almighty speaking to us. You know? I mean, just think back when you get an email. I was going to say a letter, but who gets letters nowadays, right? You get an email, and you see an email from, and there's someone that you really love, respect, or whatever. It's like, oh, I got a letter. I got an email. And you read it really carefully, right? And, and the church was devoted. It's like, oh, we got to know what God says. And they weren't devoted to the apostles, they weren't there to devoted to the teachers. They were devoted to the teaching, what the Bible was saying. And a, and a church that is devoted, um, you know, a church that is really built to please God is a church that is devoted to believing the Bible and doing what it says. That's a church that pleases God. That's a, a really important foundational pillar, right? Third thing is a church that is devoted um, a church that is devoted to loving one another. A church that is devoted to loving one another. Acts 2.42 goes on. There are apostles teaching, but also to fellowship. And the word fellowship, we think about just hanging out. It's more than that. The, the word for fellowship, koinonia, really means um, a close and sharing relationship, a friendship, a partnership. It's not just an acquaintance, but there is love going on. There is a close and there's sharing going on. There's sacrificing going on. It's doing life together. It's encouraging each other. You know, and they were, they were devoted to loving one another. And that the early church devoted themselves to loving one another in really practical ways. You know, that they cared, they sacrificed, they shared stuff. People from all over the region had come to Jerusalem for this festival, right? They were there. Once a year, they would come for this festival, the Festival of Weeks. It was, um, and, and really Pentecost, it was a celebration 50 days after the Passover. So they would all gather. People had come from all over gathering. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled and imparted people, and people were like, oh, this is, this is amazing. And, and they, they were saved. You know what? They didn't go back. They stuck around because they, they, they knew that something remarkable, miraculous was happening. And then, you know, they, they probably, they said, you know, we're going to stay here longer. And they called and said, sorry, I can't come back to work. You know, I'm going to be out a little bit. And they were sticking around. And you can imagine if 3,000 people were sticking around. And if the church started with about 120 some odd people, there were a lot of people. And a lot of them had just probably packed for a week, right? And now they were there longer. It's like, whoa, there's needs now. Where are they going to stay? You know, like they only brought enough money for, for so many meals. Well, the church got together. And they began to love one another in very practical ways. In Acts 2.42, it says, uh, 44, it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold, they sold property. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. Can you imagine that? You know, can you imagine that? That they understood when, 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 when Luke is saying that they devoted themselves to fellowship, that's what it means, that they were selling property and possessions and gave to everyone in need. 
every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in homes and ate together with glad and sincere heart. They just shared. They were devoted to loving each other, sharing with each other, sacrificing for each other. And they devoted themselves to authentic fellowship. And that's a church that pleases God. A church, the fourth thing is a church that is, a church that really pleases God is a church that is devoted to worshiping God. To worshiping God. Acts 2.42, apostles teaching to fellowship, but also to the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. And then later on, they said they continue to meet, breaking bread in home. And you know, these days, that term breaking of bread is kind of like a term that people use, like, oh, we're going to share a meal together. We're going to break bread together. Well, whenever the New Testament talks about the breaking of bread, most all the time, if not all the time, maybe in Acts 2, 40, uh, 46, maybe not, but every place is referring to communion. It's referring to communion. That's what the breaking of bread is. It was a time when the early church devoted themselves to getting together, and they would do this all the time. They would say, yep, this bread is Jesus' body. This cup is his blood, sacrificed for us. You know, and they remembered him, and they took time out of their day. Every day, they would take time, wherever they were, and they devoted themselves to, to worship. They were just going to worship God. They are going to celebrate and say, God, thank you that we're here today because of what you did. Jesus, man, you died for us. And they took time to worship. You know, communion was a time in which the, the church stops to remember what Jesus did. That's what communion is all about. That's why we do it once a month. Maybe we should do it every week, you know. Um, but worship was really important. Worship was such an important element <clears throat> of the church because worship keeps us focused, right? When we come here, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, some people say, well, you know, the worship is the preliminary. It's not really that important. It's the message that's important. No. Not the message. It's the whole thing. Some, some weeks, it's the worship that's going to be important. Because it's in this worship time where you focus on God. God's going to speak to you in a personal way. He's going to use the lyrics of the song. or He might just impress upon your spirit. It's like, man, Mark, Mark, I know you're worried about that. I know you're worried because you don't like doing colonoscopies, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, you know? And, and that might come through my time of worship. And so worship is a time in which we, we might be focused all over. It's a time we focus on the Lord. So what I would say to people is we gather and the worship at the beginning, that's as important. It can be even more important in certain weeks than the message. The message isn't the entree and the worship isn't uh, uh, like an appetizer, you know? It's really, really important. Worship is important. And the church was devoted to worshiping God, and that's a church that pleases God. Fifth thing is a church that is devoted to prayer. The early church, they prayed. They prayed. They prayed. It wasn't optional. It wasn't something nice to do. They did. It wasn't just, we're going to pray because I need healing. I need something. I, I need, I'm scared. I need. No, they prayed. They took everything to God. You know, that's why once a month, we gather together to worship and pray as a church. 
That's the last Tuesday of every month. And you know what? I, I want to say, come join us. Because it's not an optional thing. It's not like, if you got time. No, man, that's important. God's going to show up. God expects us to gather together to worship and to pray. And so, you know, as the church grew, they began to face a lot of opposition and persecution. You know, they were going around, and Peter and John, a couple of apostles, they get arrested, and then they get arrested, and they get threatened. It says, don't you guys do any more teaching or anything else in the name of Jesus. You guys, do, you guys are going to get it, all right? So they go back to the church, and they go, you know what? We just got busted. They told us we can't do this no more. What did the church do? Oh, no, all woes with us. No. What did they do? Acts, 2, Acts 4, 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They devoted themselves to prayer. Say, God, 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 look, you told us we've got to go. We've got to follow your instructions. We've got to follow your commands. We've got to go out and share the good news. But look what's happening. They're threatening us. And so they go to God. And they went to God, and it pleased him. Acts 4.31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. God empowered them. I'm waiting for the day here or when we pray. that man, Wouldn't that be great? We start praying, and after we pray, the ground shakes. Like, all oh, right, God. Wouldn't that be great? I'm waiting for that day. Because prayer is so important. A church that is devoted to prayer is a church that pleases God. See, so he's, he's showing us what's really important. And then the last thing is, a church that pleases to God is a church that is devoted to God 24-7. That's a huge one. If you go back, Acts 2, 42 to 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, the many wonders and signs uh, performed by the apostles, the believers were all together, they shared, they did all these, they broke bread, and, 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 and look what happened. As They didn't just do it on a Sunday. They didn't just do it for an hour and a half every week. They were the church. They didn't go to church, they were the church. And wherever they went, they were the church. And they, they, they did, whatever they did, they did it as a church, as the church. And throughout the week, throughout their day, and as they were the church 24-7, and they focused on, and on following God's commands and instructions, the Bible at the end in verse 47 says, they enjoyed the favor of everyone in the city. The church wasn't just like, oh, no, those guys. The church was, oh, whoa, those guys. And people were intrigued by what was going on. And, 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 and they enjoyed favor because they saw the church being something that was positive and something that was great and something that was good. And every day, God was adding to the number of those who were being saved. And the early church was devoted to God and devoted to each other. And they were the church 24-7. The greatest commandment, love God, love others. They, that's it. That's what we're going to do. We're focusing on that that we're going to be the church wherever we are because we're the church. And a church that is devoted to God 24-7, that's a church that pleases God. You see, Acts chapter 2 gives us a blueprint for a church that is built to last, a church that pleases God. As we move into this new season, we're calling it KCF 2.0, you know, it's not going to be this 
really like, oh, everything. No, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a, it's, it's a concerted effort to build on these pillars. Right? That's what KCF 2.0 is all about. It's following Jesus, focusing on his commands, and keeping first things first. If God calls us, if God calls us, you know, to be filled and walking in the part of the Holy Spirit, then that's what we're going to begin to focus on. If we're going to be, uh, if God is calling us, and he is calling us to be a church that it's just like what Francis was talking, into the word, then we are going to equip and we're going to spur you on that we've got to get into the word. We've got to be devoted to the word, what it says and doing what it says. And if it's fellowship and loving each other, we're going to do that in a greater way. And it's prayer, we are going to pray. We are going to pray. You know, not just the prayer team that meets on Sundays and Tuesdays. No. All of us are going to, we are all going to be Grandma Hazel's and Auntie Sally's. We all are. You know, we all are. You know, uh, Patty Crocker is going to, one day is going to pray like Auntie Sally. Heavenly Father, I thank you to praise. Because God expects us. That's the church. And God is saying, I'm calling you. Don't worry about programs or strategy and all. Focus in on these things. Because you focus in on these things. That's the church that pleases me. Right? I want you to take a minute or so to think about something. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to you as you examine yourself, like, what are you devoted to? Ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to search your heart, you and the Holy Spirit. How are you doing in your devotion to God? How are you doing in your devotion to God? Are you devoted to God? You know? What, where are you doing well? When you look at these key pillars, where are you doing well? Can I get into the Word? Yeah, God, thank you. I think the Word. I'm devoted to the Word. Prayer, oh, man, not so much. Fellowship, well, you know, other than the fact that I hate people, you know, doing okay, doing okay, you know, right? You know? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm up to... 12-5, you know, 12-5, 12 hours a day, five days a week, you know, whatever. Ask the Lord to show you. What are you doing well? Where can you improve? Just ask right now. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray you would speak to us. That this between us and you, show us, God, how are we doing? How am I doing in my devotion to you? Where, where am I doing? Show me where, you know, where, where, like, man, pat on the back, I'm doing okay. And then show me areas where I can improve. Just, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. And if the Lord brings something to mind, which I guarantee you, if you're going to listen to God, He's going to bring something to mind, just write that down somewhere. If you got the paper that we, you, you know, out there, write it on the piece of paper. If you don't got a piece of paper, just write it on your arm or something. You know? Write it on your shirt. You know, whatever. Okay? Just write whatever. What is God speaking to you about? 
Let him speak to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that, that you would show each of us what you want us to specifically do. What's a step we could do and take to grow in our devotion to you right now? Show us. Then I want you to do, a, do me a favor, all right? Share that with somebody. It might be if that's someone you know next to you or you want to get real risky, just share that with somebody. Share it with your spouse, whatever. Share it with a friend. And then encourage each other because a church that pleases God is a church that is devoted to fellowship. Just share. It's not hard. Terry Higa is going to come up right after and he's going to share with me I'm going to share with him and we're going to pray for each other this week. Right? Okay? But, but do that. It's more than us just being by ourselves. The church is a body. The body of Christ. And these principles and these pillars for a church that pleases God it's more than that. It's about living a life that pleases God. If you want to live a life that's pleasing God Here's the pillars that you stand on in your life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be devoted to the Bible and the Word. Be devoted to loving each other. Be devoted to prayer. Be devoted to worship. Understand that you're a follower of Jesus 24-7. And if you live your life like that, God is pleased with you. Why don't you stand with me? We're gonna we're gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing this last song, and then you know you might want to share with someone. Carrie, just come up afterwards. We can share afterwards. Don't do it now. Well, let's pray. Father, we want to be a church. You have called us to be a church that pleases you and you alone. You've called us to fear you and you alone. And I pray that. We are the church and individual members of the church. And I pray that these pillars will be built in all of our lives. In Jesus' name.
we're the church. We really are the, we're the body of Christ. And God's going to use you and use each other to encourage and, and really support and um, really care for one another. You know, just as we were worshiping, you know, just thoughts were just coming into my mind. You know, I thought of, the Lord just brought John Skadelsky to mind. And I felt like God would say to you, John, God knows you. He loves you. He sees your heart. He sees your devotion. He's saying all You know, old things have passed away, all things become new. And I think God's going to use you just to let go. Whatever old things are struggling, whatever it is, God's made everything new. You know? um, I just thought that. I just, you know, it's good to see you know, Julie Ford and, and John Ford back there. And I just felt like God was saying that, you know, as, as the Fords continue to, to really seek after God and have these pillars and God's using situations at home to just draw them closer to draw them closer to God. God's going to use you, Julie, to bring so many people to come to know Him. You're not going to, not by your words, not, just by your heart and your love for people, that God's going to use you. Many people are going to come to know Jesus because of Him. You know? And I just saw Joe and I, thought, I said, you know what? God knows your heart. God, I just felt like God was saying, that there's something that he's stirring up in your heart. And so just let, him, let the Lord fan. Let the Holy Spirit fan what he's doing. And he's going to use you in a really mighty way. But he's starting here. There's something happening. That's the Lord that's doing something in your heart. All right? but, but you know what? God, it's like God wants to speak to us, to share with others, and to receive from others. And so, so just allow the Holy Spirit to make us the church that He wants us to be. We're going to be built to be a church that God is building us. We're not building ourselves. He's building us to be a church that pleases us in. All right, God bless. If you need or want prayer, uh, come up, and I'd love to pray with you. If you want more information, you're just so excited about the website, see Mel Rhodes, and she can help you out. And, and don't forget, uh, have a great, great week. God bless. Carrie, we will share our stuff. And, amen.
Living for the life he's given Praise him you rescued once Join in the sound of heaven From every mountain top To every wild ocean Oh hear all the universe Forever. Praise Him forever. Praise Him forever. 